0: These are the commentary notes for week 8, day 3, covering Mark chapter 14, verses 22 to 31. This portion contains the institution of the Lord's Supper. In context, Mark portrays the disciples filled with trepidation and concern over Jesus' prediction of the betrayal by one of the twelve. Then, there, while they were eating, verse 22, Jesus instituted the gospel memorial meal. He took some bread, and after blessing, he broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. It's verses 22 to 24. The emphasis of the inaugural gospel meal is not on the menu items before the men, but on the body And the blood of Jesus. So the emphasis is not on the bread and the cup, but on the body and the blood of Jesus. These and no other secure our pardon and fellowship with God according to his covenant promise. Verse 25. In coming to Jesus, as well as in partaking of this memorial meal, the hymn writer so aptly stated All the fitness he requireth is to feel your need of him. J.C. Ryle helps us consider the significance and sobriety of the gospel-signifying supper. Quote, We ought to examine ourselves, whether we repent truly of our former sins, whether we steadfastly purpose to lead a new life, whether we have lively faith in God's mercy through Christ, a thankful remembrance of his death, and whether we are in charity with all men. Close quote. That came from the Catechism of the Church of England, in our con- if our conscience Ryle continues can answer these questions satisfactorily, we may receive the Lord's Supper without fear more than this, God does not require of any communicant less than this ought never to con never to content us. Ryle continues on, let us take heed to ourselves in the matter of the Lord's Supper. It is easy to err about it on either side. On the one hand, we are not to be content with staying away from the Lord's table under the vague plea of unfitness. As long as we so stay away, we are disobeying a plain command of Christ and are living in sin. But on the other hand, we are not to go to the Lord's table as a mere form and without thought. As long as we receive the sacrament in that state of mind, we derive no good from it and are guilty of a great transgression. It is an awful thing to be unfit for the sacrament, for this is to be unfit to die. The only safe course is to be a decided servant of Christ and to live a life of faith in Him. Then we may draw near with boldness and take the sacrament to our comfort. Let it be a settled principle in our Christianity that no unbeliever ought to go to the Lord's table and that the sacrament will not do our souls the slightest good if we do not receive it with repentance and faith. Are we alive unto God? This is the great question. If we are, let us go to the Lord's Supper and receive it thankfully and never turn our backs on the Lord's table. If we do not go, we commit a great sin. Pages uh, 242 to 243 in Ryle's thoughts on the Gospel of Mark. Truly I say to you, verse 25, I will never again drink of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Jesus, according to Cooper, was facing incredible suffering Persecution and rejection, but he would be victorious when he rose from the grave. This victory would be complete when he celebrated with a new redeemed community in the kingdom of God. See Revelation 3, verses 20 and 21, and Revelation 19, verses 6 to 9. Try to envision this moment. We're told in verse 26, after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Jesus would have sang the traditional Passover Psalms, Psalm 115 through Psalm 118 on Passover evening. Jesus himself is the true fulfillment of the Passover. As Paul wrote, Christ, our Passover, also has been sacrificed, 1 Corinthians 5, 7. Once again, demonstrating complete confidence in God's word written, the Lord Jesus predicted to his disciples, citing from Zechariah thirteen seven, his death, their desertion, his resurrection, and their restoration, I will strike down the shepherd, and they would all fall away and be scattered, that in verse 27. In Zechariah's prophecy, the quote, striking of the shepherd occurs for the purification of the people by the one who stands in God's presence, Zechariah 13, 1, 7, and 9. Then Jesus prophesies, His resurrection, but after I have been raised, verse 28. The death and resurrection of Jesus is his guarantee to forever rescue all who are his, no matter how far we may stray. Peter boasts of his confidence that he will not fall away, in verse 28. But Jesus, knowing better, predicts in great detail that Peter will deny me three times, and that before a a rooster crows twice, verse 30. Maintaining his confidence, Peter insisted that he would not deny Jesus, even if I have to die with you, verse 31. Forty verses later, Mark records Peter exclaiming, I do not know this man you are talking about. Immediately a rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had made the remark to him, Before a rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he began, verse 71 and 73, he began to weep. Sobering indeed, let us take heed, beloved, lest we too presume upon our own strength in ensuring ourselves to deny Christ. Keep in mind that Peter was Mark's primary source for his gospel material. Instead of concealing his denial, Peter was almost certainly the one who told Mark about it. Having been restored, Peter wanted others to know that there is more mercy in Christ than there is sin in us, which is taken from Uh, John Flavel. Charles Simeon writes on this passage, who could ever have thought that Peter should have fallen thus low? The example of Peter in this text is a standing memorial to the people of God and a warning to them to resist the first motions of evil in their bosoms. Judas began with petty thefts and Demas with secret covenants, and David with wanton looks. If we profit not by their examples, the best that we can hope for will be to be brought back to God with broken bones. And the probability is that we shall come short of heaven at last, if not have a foretaste of hell in our bosoms, even while we are here. If we would maintain our integrity, we must not only flee from gross sin, but, quote, hate the garment spotted with the flesh, close quote. The supper rounds out the second mark and sandwich in this chapter, verses 17 to 31, beginning and ending with Jesus' predictions of Peter's betrayal, with the main point, the meaning of the new covenant, symbolized for believers in the Lord's Supper in the very middle of this pericope. This closes the notes for week eight, day three.